0: God said, you can't fast like you've been doing and expect me to move. In other words, God is telling them You've been fasting, but you haven't changed anything else you've been doing. All you've been doing is stop eating. You're on a hunger strike. You ain't on no fast. You haven't changed your approach. You haven't changed your mentality. You're still doing everything. You're getting distracted. You're not praying. You're still arguing. You're still fighting. You're still doing everything you're doing. You're still running around trying to do all your shopping and running, and you're still at your bowling league. You're still doing everything else, and you want me to hear from you. You want to hear from me? while you ain't paying no attention to what I'm doing. We were editing. uh, I was editing last week one of my sermons. And, you know, I trying to find a place where I get a real good amen. (laughs) Amen, Pastor. And I just cut that and save that. That way, when I put my message on the radio and I need an amen, I just put that in there. (laughs) God said, listen, If you really want some results from your fasting, you're going to have to do something different while you're fasting. Just can't say, well, pastor told us not to eat no meats, don't eat no sweets, and let me see what I can find to try to go around that. But here's what God says in verse 6. Here's a purpose God is getting to. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? And he tells him, I choose a fast to do something, to get some results, to lose the bonds of wickedness. That's what I want you to do when you get into, That's what I want to do when we get through fasting. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. A yoke is that instrument that binds you and holds you where you can't do nothing. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? That's the release that spirit of generosity. And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. And when you see the naked that you cover him and hide not yourself from your own flesh, God says, I want you to begin to take care of some ministry as a result of this fasting. And then in verse 80, he tells us some results. And then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. How many like, a, like your light to start breaking forth a little bit better than it's breaking forth? How many like a little healing to come forth speedily? How many like your righteousness to go before you? And then he said, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Your light's going before you and the glory of God is going to be behind you. How are you going to fail with that? So in this passage, the Lord says he's chosen to fast that will, number one, loose the bonds of wickedness. Secondly, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, break every yoke, give bread to the hungry, allow the people's light to break forth like the morning, cause health to spring forth speedily, cause their righteousness to go before them. A significant reason to fast is that it releases people from the bondages of sin. Even in the church, we still have bondages to habits, addiction, strongholds, and things that hold us back. That was another place for amen. amen. In the church, we have that. Now, we used to go to a church that was a deliverance church. And in the deliverance church, they would tell you, you need to be delivered from that. You know, pastor, I've just been trying to get over this. I can't get over this. Well, you need to be delivered from it. Some people have anger they've been carrying around and unforgiveness you've been carrying around for a generation. And the only one that's beat down with that is you. The person you hating ain't even thinking about it. You need to be delivered. Many believers find themselves helpless victims to sins that entangles us and ensnare us. And that's the, that's the plan that's the strategy of the enemy. See, when you get saved, somebody say saved. When you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, when you come to him and you genuinely give your life to Christ, he brings you out of darkness to his eternal light and he gives you eternal life. And the devil is not happy about that because you, you was a good soldier for the devil when you was unsaved. You know you were a good soldier. I mean, you could cuss with the best of them. You could fight. You, you can handle yourself. You know it was a dog-eat-dog dog world. You know how to operate in that world. You know how to do all that stuff. You could party. You could, you, you could do your thing. It was your thing, and you did what you want to do. Nobody could tell you who to sock it to. <laughs> you knew that. You were a good soldier for the devil. You think he's just going to give up on you when you give your life to Christ? He's going to say, now, if I can't keep them from going to heaven, my next strategy is to keep them from having heaven here on earth and letting God use them like he want to use them. I'm not going to allow him to to have the joy that he's supposed to have. I'm I'm going to try to keep you from having the strength you're supposed to have. I'm certainly going to try to keep you from sharing your faith with anybody else or sharing the love of Christ with anybody else. I'm going to keep you so focused on your issues that God can't get nothing out of you. So that's his plan. And he does it with all kinds of strategies. The Bible tells us that we need to be aware of the strategies of the enemy. And you just be saying, oh, that's just me. No, that ain't just you. That's the devil working through you. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the writer says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, And when you read Hebrews chapter 11, that is what we call the hall of faith, where we talk about what Moses did, what Noah did, what Abraham did, what what Gideon did, what all of these great people did. And he said, those are witnesses sitting in the stands saying, you can do it too. He said, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And since they are there, let us throw off everything that hinders us, and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. The King James uses the phrase, sin that easily beset us. And beset in this case means overwhelmed, inundated, weighed down, or plagued with. Besetting sins are not the sins of omission, or the sins, or having a momentary lapse. You know, something just happened, and you just had a momentary lapse. That's not besetting. That's just something that happened, and you just need to get over it. Maybe you wasn't planning on lying, but they caught you in a pressure situation, and the lie just came out. <laughs> but that's not your habit, and you have to say, "Lord, forgive me. I know I should have. So I should have told the truth." Y'all act like y'all haven't done that. <laughs> y'all act like y'all haven't done it. Besetting sins are not the sins of rebellion in which God says thou shalt not and the person says I will in his face. Besetting sins are habitual sinful behaviors or attitudes that victimizes and enslave people including the people of God. Those are besetting sins. Habitual sinful behavior. Besetting sins make you a slave and take away your will you'll say this, well, I just can't help myself. That's just me. I got this bad temple. I got it from my great-great-aunt, and I can't help myself. Everybody in my family got a bad temple. I can't. That's a besetting sin. The disciples tried to deal with such a sin involving a demon-possessed boy. And Jesus said the problem was so severe that it couldn't be treated by ordinary means. In Matthew 17 Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we cast this demon out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely i say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind, this kind of unbelief doesn't go out by, except by prayer and fasting. Why did he say that? Because there is power in prayer and fasting. Fasting can help strengthen your faith. Fasting can help get you in a place where you build up your belief and, and relinquish your unbelief. This boy couldn't help himself. He needed some supernatural intervention the father said this boy is just acting up and he's throwing himself on the fire they said he had epilepsy or whatever and jesus said no that's a demonic spirit he got in him see every time somebody's acting crazy it ain't just because they're acting crazy there is demonic influence the devils didn't retire they didn't they didn't just throw in the towel they're still working there is demonic influence in people there's two influences, the spirit of God and the spirit of the devil. You think somebody decided they're going to go in an elementary school and start shooting up kids and just doing it on his own? That's a demonic spirit. And you can't counsel out no devil. Uh, excuse me, let me just speak to you. Uh, what happened in your background when you were growing up? Were you abused? No, you got to cast the devil out. You can't counsel no devil. That devil will outtalk you. He tried to talk Jesus. Well, cast yourself down here. I'll hold you up. Turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, I'm not listening to you. Jesus died on the cross for all sin, and that's include what you may be dealing with right now. Some believers are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, and I ain't talking about the drugs that you buy on the street either. Some of those that's in your cabinet. Oh, now I got a hmm. You ain't think about that. Well, let me take me on one more of these sleeping pills. I can't sleep at night. If you can't sleep at night, read Leviticus. <laughs> you won't be up long. You don't need no... What's, what's that sleeping pill you've been taking, sister? <laughs> Some are addicted to sexual misbehavior, sexual misconduct... Fornication. I just got to have me some pastor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me. F- <laughs> We're talking about fasting. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you. And we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at L O W C F. Dot O-R-G. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot O-R-G. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885.